you're not using that in the podcast. That's not that's not our cold open. And people already learned stuff about you that you didn't want them to know. Like last what? Week. Like what? How your real name is Nicholas? If people start calling me that, I'm gonna. <laughs> See, the problem is, is is that that legitimately triggers me because anytime anybody uses my three-syllable name, I automatically assume that they're working for my mom or they are my mom. And so that, that panic of, what's my mom doing here, just jumps out in the front. You wanted to start with complain about management job search. So don't Well, this was dovetailing off of a complaint of yours that you saw a job ad in German oh, yeah. that had that motivational success yeah. is in your hands, yeah. starting off with. And, I mean, if success was in your hands, why would you be looking at the want ads? Why would you be looking for a job? If success was in your hands, you would be successful. You wouldn't need a job. People would be coming to you for jobs. I want to see a job posting that starts off with, you come here and we pay you and that's it. We, like our, our we, we don't offer remote jobs because our managers have trust issues like your ex. That's the kind of, that's what I want to see a job. like even if I was not qualified, I would I would I would love to work for a place like that. If you yeah. want if you want real innovators, find grumpy people because grumpy people complain about a lot of things. And what is a complaint behind every complaint? There's an amazing idea for a startup. <laughs> I swear, if another person says blockchain, I'm gonna... <laughs> All that glitters is not blockchain. Oh, my, my lawyer friends, mm -hmm. they love the idea of blockchains and smart contracts. They hear contracts and then smart contracts, they all over it. They have no idea what it is. I don't even... Yeah, I, I think I know the basics of blockchain, but I haven't seen any use for it yet that could solve a problem that I know of. Which doesn't mean there is no use for it. I just don't know about any. Huh? That's that's all I'm saying. I mean transferring money. Yeah. That's not I mean that's that's more Bitcoin you know Bitcoin liquidity based, but yeah, whatever. And um, speculating on the market. Gambling. Gambling Money. That is a second use case. And I'm really looking forward to, to, to see a use case. I really am. We'll see. Wait, for smart contracts or for no, blockchain? I don't even know what smart contracts are. Blockchain for, yeah, whatever. Anything blockchain related. All right. Do you want to order anything? We've actually already eaten our tacos and then we figured out that... Um, I found out that the microphone doesn't work as it did before, and I don't know why, but that's why we moved to our regular place, Quentin. My, my mom, my mom broke your probably recorder. yes, yes. That was her side, where she that that was what she got for yeah. winning the podcast last week. Yeah, oh, she did. Yeah, absolutely did. I think when they ask us what what we want, we'll order at that point. Okay, but they're they're managing orders, and we're just here happily right. recording a podcast. I have so to, you actually okay. have written down topics, and I just have stuff to rip on. So, well, I, now that I can see how far into the podcast we are, since I'm clock watching, I think you better 
Well, well you think you sh we should get started? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Two episodes ago, which actually means two weeks ago um, in publishing time, um, I presented to everyone, and you'll listen to it as well, The Organ Grinders, and a horrible... No, the, the recording was fine, but the song, the sound, the so-called quote-unquote music was horrible. And um, now I talked to my friend Beatrice, um, and she knows much more about everything related to, to Mexico. And so she told me, um, actually, so the instruments, they were built in the 19th century, that's correct, because you see the, the year uh, on, the, on the instruments. But they came here, most of them came here during and after the First World War. By, after the First World yes, War? Yes. Wow. By refugees, deserters, who knows. And now today, they're they not operated by any, like, the Salvation Army or whatever. They look like it, but they're not. They're uh, operated by the family who happened to inherit it from their grandparents and who know how to repair them and supposedly tune them, which I very much doubt. And uh, they, they all dress the same. Almost all of them in these khaki pants and, 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 and shirts and hats. Like but that's World just, War II era Air Force officer yeah. style yeah. khaki. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just traditional. That's just that's marketing. Um, so they're just, they are basically street musicians keeping up a traditional tradition. Um, yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. So now it's time for the listener feedback section. We have some pointed questions from our our dear dear friend. You know who we're talking about, Bobo. It's yeah. it's usually Bobo or Sebastian, right? At this point, they're the most active ones that, that tweet back at us. I think. Or no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Toot toot back toot, at us. Toot. Twitter's just a bunch of haters. Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> nobody, nobody was throwing props at my mom for last week's podcast on Twitter. I got a couple of private comments being like, yeah, your mom really won that podcast. She did. Somebody tweeted that my mom really won the podcast. Was it Cheetah? Oh, it was, yeah, it was Cheetah. Cheetah. Yeah, it was, okay, it was Cheetah, Cheetah promoting the episode. Yeah. So thanks for that. Um, but subscriber numbers are going up. And that's good. So keep it coming. So uh, Bobo wants to know... And I, I think I know why he wanted to ask these questions. Um, but I'm not going to talk about that unless he tells me that I can. Um, how fast is the internet here? Do you, do you want to take this? Because I, sure. I have a set answer for this question. I want to hear your answer. Yeah. First of all, in almost all parts of the city, you get fiber to the home by multiple, multiple providers. And um, I think the maximum bandwidth that you get is 200 megabytes um, symmetric. And the limiting fact, the really limiting factor is the connection to the US or to Europe. I, I'd never got much above 100 megabytes, uh, megabits per second to Europe, uh, uploading and downloading from servers there. Um, but um, I must say that it's pretty good. I mean, it's much better than in Germany. 
Certainly, and it doesn't cost that much. I mean, to to have a the 200 megabit per second connection, you pay I don't know 40 euros a month, about. So that's pretty good. Long story short, bandwidth isn't a problem. Latency really sucks yeah. to, to the outside world. Yes, and, and for those of you that are super paranoid, <clears throat> I have never seen so much. Transparent proxying. Okay, never check that. It, it's hard to check. It's really hard to check. Like it's it's really hard to detect transparent proxies. Um, Could you explain the, transparent proxies to those who don't really know what it really, is? Really, really, really simplify. <clears throat> like me. So when you okay. So when you go to Google or when you go to Facebook or when you go to a lot of or Netflix, YouTube, a lot of these very high traffic websites. Um, you would think that, oh, okay, so I, I'm going to Google, so my packets are going to a server in somewhere in Silicon Valley, all the way from Mexico. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you are accessing Netflix, YouTube, all of these different places, a lot of times what will happen is your packets will be intercepted at the, inter- usually at the Internet Exchange, level sometimes within your ISP um, in a where where these servers are and you Which basically in the city in the, in the city within yeah. one or two hops of where you yeah. are you'll be hitting a server owned by Google Facebook YouTube mm-hmm. etc and it will be feeding you information from there and what these transparent proxies do is they they know roughly what kind of data you're going to want a little bit before you want it and so they cache that, mm-hmm. and they keep it, and then they serve it to you directly from there. And this also helps them return, you know, more localized individual results, because it'll, you know, the server will know. Okay, these. I mean, and if it's, I know a lot of people have published work about this, and that there is some documentation about this. All I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of it, but basically, instead of. The idea behind transparent proxies is to keep your traffic to these major websites as close to you as possible so that they only have to pull that data from whatever server it's on once. Yeah. Or, or sometimes a lot of these profiles are kept in data centers that are very country-specific. This is what um, Apple recently did. This is the, the why the EFF was getting very angry at Apple. That's very analogous to what happens with transparent proxies. It's keeping the data relevant to those users, closer to where those users are, to cut down on the use of bandwidth across multiple hops. Mm-hmm. About the uh, latency, of course, I you know a lot of stuff going on in, in Europe, and what, what's really interesting is that. Most of the latency, like 95% of the latency, is actually caused by the speed of light, the limited speed of light. Um, so I, correct me, somebody can calculate this again. We, we all, uh, did this calculation uh, one time. The, um, if you c- look at how far, you know, if you go st- in a straight line from here to, uh, to Amsterdam or to Berlin, then the latency, uh, so just by the speed of light, for uh, ping and back, for a ping, would be, I, I don't know, 150, 160 milliseconds, or 140, you know, you can c- calculate that. 
and the the actual ping time is like 20 milliseconds more. I think your math is a little bit off on that, but I don't want to correct you too much. But remember, but there's there's a couple of different things you have to remember is that <coughs> one, the speed of light in air versus the speed of light yeah. in glass. Yeah. No, no, and I'm talking about speed of and light in vacuum compared to the distance. So, so right. And, and in that's, any case, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna okay. There's the, there's the speed of light in a vacuum. There's the speed yeah. of light in air. There's the speed of light in glass. There's the speed of light as transmitted between routers yeah. in fiber optics, which is even slower than the speed of light in glass. Just want to say, from my calculations, most of the latency between here and Europe comes from the speed of light in glass. It in glass. actually probably comes from switching overhead. Um, let's find that out. But I, I, I think I will, it's I will now, it, it, it's, it, it depends. It's very dependent on, on, on a lot of different things, but I would suspect, especially in Mexico, that yeah, I, I know a lot of that has to do with switching. Okay, over. somebody please calculate that. Okay. We're in Mexico City. You realize Take. this argument will never end. I actually, of course, I actually we can, Why not? We can. We can. There's numbers and stuff. There's there's know. numbers and stuff. But there's, and all, stuff. There's, there's physics and stuff, but there's also reality. Yes. There's there's reality and there's. There's reality, there's the tools, there's a measurement. There's a lot of Schrodinger's problem in this. Okay, good. And Okay, good. Right, so <laughs> now, now we'll, we'll get... Let's get, get some coffee. Going. Okay. I think they want to offer us some coffee for money. Entonces, ¿qué hay? ¿Qué son? Lavado, red honey, black honey. ¿Cuáles son? Ah, son... Eh, procesos diferentes de Un carajillo, por favor. Sí. Okay. okay, if you're going to have a... Okay, un carajillo para empezar. <laughs> Dos carajillos para empezar. Describe what a carajillo is. Um, a carajillo is... Espresso with a liqueur called 43. Shaken, cold and shaken. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next question you have to take. What about hack spaces here in Mexico City? There are hacker spaces. There are even, whereas German hacker spaces tend to be slightly more political than the apolitical or divergently political hacker spaces in the U.S. The hacker spaces in Mexico that I know of. And I don't know of all of them. The Rancho Electronico is very, very, very political, very GNU, very much a left, far left, progressive leaning hackerspace. It's not, and like I have said in previous podcasts, that they don't, uh, I mean, they had to move recently. They had to, to not move, but have the size of their space. So I think a lot of things might appear to look like they have uh, junk piles, it might, but they're projects in, in order. There's nothing near there. There's still the rule of no junk <laughs> pile still mostly applies. It's a very clean, open space, not crowded. I think it, it now it's not it's not going to blow your mind away. It's not like 
uh, it's not like the sea base or a lot of other hacker spaces in Europe where there's an active uh, effort to make things more decorative or have you know the wall of every single possible type of electronic component that they make out of all of the old card catalog boxes from the library. You know, there, there's nothing nothing like that because well you, you can't afford it. And actually, I should be at the meeting is every Tuesday night, and I should be at that meeting right now. But we're, we're recording because we want to get the podcast out somewhat on a schedule. No, we're, we're pushing it. And then how does insurance work? It doesn't. I can answer that right away. It's like it doesn't. There's no... And here's the thing. If you are coming from Europe and you want to go see a doctor about something... You can make an appointment with a specialist, see them the next day, maybe two days later, depending mm-hmm. on their schedule, whether or not they're on vacation. Don't need a referral, don't need anything, and you'll pay them the equivalent of 20 euros for a consultation. If you know who to ask, yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, I've had doctors like that. Um, I, I will try to answer Bobo's question more in the in the form of what he's actually asking for. Um by explaining what we have. So Catherine works at the school. Catherine has Mexican health insurance, and that's fine for really bad stuff. Like if you break a leg, if you get cancer, then you know, they'll, or I, you'll probably want to go back to Germany then, but um, so that's okay. And what we have is actually a um, health insurance for expats from Germany, which is incredibly cheap compared to health insurance in Germany. So I pay about 70 euros a month for private health insurance. And they've paid almost everything for anything, even for my uh, hurting uh, Achilles heel. Um, They paid the treatment. So so somehow, once you leave Germany, health Care suddenly is really cheap. Well, don't go to the U.S. That's that's a different thing. Um, so, so for a German living here, I can say you pay 70 euros a month, or to have some more um, preventative care, you maybe pay twice that much. That's that's what Catherine has. So, and that is for anybody who's worked in Germany or who's been uh, freelance in Germany who knows that that is incredibly cheap and here you get you get good healthcare it's uh, my biggest problem is the long commutes so the, the long it just takes a long time to get anywhere here um, but that is the biggest problem with that other than that um, healthcare is fine here and if you happen to come from Germany it's even affordable Cool. And of course, if you have any other questions, you can feel free to toot at us. At, at some point between this podcast and the next, we should have our own Mastodon. We should have a podcast-specific Mastodon account set up, which I'm really looking forward to because I want the account to get into fights with both of us. <laughs> and then nobody knows who's talking to you. Nobody knows who's talking to Basically, what we'll do is we'll, we'll just give the password to Bobo and then have yeah. Bobo argue with us with the... The maybe we'll, we'll split it between Sebastian and Cheetah as well. And, and a stereotypical example of narrow casting what I'm doing right now. No, I'll give it to my mom. I'll make my mom use Mastodon and have my mom argue with both of us in Spanish. 
I'm gonna have to put out a Twitter poll. I'm like, who should run the, who should run my podcast's Mastodon account? I'll do a Twitter poll to find out who should run our podcast Mastodon account. Because I, that, that's just that's just too lousy. My mom, Cheetah, you, I, Sebastian, Bobo. Do you want to talk about ride-sharing services in Mexico City, or should we just go to our topic? Okay. The ride-sharing services that you feel dirty using anywhere else in the world, Yeah. you buy public, I think, with the, under the public safety, under the safety and security exemption are legit here in Mexico. Okay. That, yeah. That's what I, yeah. That is, that's basically what my list right. says. So there is a, a um, yeah, this ride-sharing service, and I do use it. I will use it to get back home tonight. You can walk. I mean, it's just a 10-minute walk for you. For me, it would be 20 minutes. I sh could walk. I mean, But if, if, I, if I'm in New York, for example, I will wait. If I'm in Brooklyn, I will wait until I see a green taxi. I will call five different... Uh, places asking for a car I, I will do anything before I will open up the ride sharing application which I will without a without hesitating open up here in yeah. Mexico City if, then, if, I, if I need if somebody else needs I mean for me I'll walk unless mm -hmm. it is literally two o'clock in the morning and I am by Lao Nam and I don't really feel like sleeping at my friend's house yeah I will That's that's the one time I use it by myself. Other than that, it's I'm tired. I well, can't walk. Or last time I used you know, it was one o'clock at mom, night in Centro like, Historico, okay, so yeah, city center. That's forgivable. Um, and then you yeah. definitely do not want to be getting into any kind of taxi cab in Centro exactly. Historico, especially at one o'clock in the morning. Exactly. If you if you value your kidneys. Yeah. Well, there's there's yeah. yeah. If you value your kidneys. <laughs> so, but I, I want to 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 list the things why. That is, because there are a lot of taxi cabs here, and they're not expensive, but they have problems. So the, the, the advantages of using this ride-sharing service, and there's actually a competitor, uh, a Latin American competitor called Cabify. I've never used it, but supposedly it's the same as all others. So what this ride-sharing service provides is, well, start simple. The cars are new, most of the time, and they are clean, which also includes the newness, uh, includes working brakes, working shock absorbers, and actually having seatbelts. Most taxis, they don't have seatbelts, or they just stuck under the seats, and then you don't care about it. Uh, so that alone uh, is gonna, the drivers drive um, much more careful because most of the time it's not their cars that they're driving um, and they'll probably get in a lot of trouble financial trouble if they do have an accident but that's a good thing <laughs> not that they get into trouble but that they drive carefully because most taxi drivers do not do that um, these ride-sharing services you just pay with your credit card or PayPal or whatever you don't we already talked about tipping so you don't have to tip uh, the drivers um, you don't have to carry cash now carrying cash by itself is not a problem but we already 
also already talked about how nobody ever has changed. So if you don't have it, you know, if they want, if the ride is 80 pesos and you don't have 80 pesos, then you probably have a problem or many times. Ah, uh, sí, gracias. This happened to me once uh, at night. Salud. I came back. Salute. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about that cabbie you give. You're talking about that one time that you gave a cabbie a 420 peso tip. <laughs> no, it was it was. You know. So the the ride was um, the fare was 80 pesos. I gave him 100, and he pretended. Now I know that he pretended to not have any change, in the hope that I would just let it go and give him the extra 20. He then got out. It was three o'clock at night, so I didn't. I was drunk, and I didn't. At least that time, he didn't ask me for 150 like the other time, uh, and I just gave it to How him. How do you still have your kidneys? I was. It was my How, first. Are you sure year. you my still have year. your boat? Did you? Yeah. I mean, no, but I mean, you, you should, can always you have Catherine check for like surgical nah, scars in your back. Okay. I mean, what you if you don't want to if you want to take a cab, then it's always possible to, to talk to the to the bouncer or whoever works at the club and call someone they know. That's possibly. Or if you're good, then you already have your own your your personal uh, driver who has a uh, taxi cab and you can call him and then he comes. So now the music starts. I mean, wait, I, I think it'll be okay because yeah. we're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. We, we're actually we're, you're you're kind of shielding the microphone okay. from the. Okay. Okay. Now it's. We'll, so we'll, we'll find out as soon as we get if you get a uh, <laughs> if you hear from the gema. What is it? The gema. Gema. If you hear yeah. from the gema, then you know. If you're, you're well, the the right now the podcast is is hosted in California, and we are in Mexico, so. But unfortunately, no. The domain belongs to my uh, company in Germany. So I thought the domain belonged to me. Oh, it did. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's your yeah, domain. Yeah. And the hosting is in California. So yeah. I, I just you, you told me yeah, to point it yeah, here and yeah, so yeah, yeah, no, it's your there. domain, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so it's that's te that. it's technically our domain because I don't think I actually have been going deep into the archives of the dollop. Uh, it, it, the dollop is basically two middle-aged white comedians who do an American history podcast. You should listen to it. It's, it's, okay. it's fabulous. And I went back and listened to the first episode. And Dave Anthony says, this is actually, you know, this is episode four, but it's, at, but it's actually episode one because that was the episode that he decided to bring in his buddy, Gareth Anderson, or Gareth, I forget what his last name is, um, to, and then they had this, this, conversational thing going on and so the the premise of the dollop is Dave reads a story from American or oftentimes Australian history to his friend who has no idea what the story is about and then they just riff on it like comedians and it's, it's, it's quite fascinating how do you spell that? the dollop D-O-L-L-O-P you're listening to the dollop well actually no you're not listening to the dollop but I thought I'd that would be interesting when you when you finally get around to cutting open a recording, like a intro music um, or an intro model, not model, uh, montage. If you can use that in sound and sound recording. If anybody's interested in the original sound files to create anything, like an intro or whatever, 
just give me a toot. Toot at your boys. All right, so we're going to get to this draft. Speaking of no, it's, speaking it's, of our, our boys a, on Mastodon, yeah. yeah, no, this is a legit draft. Okay, okay, it's a legit draft. It's a legit okay, draft. Okay, okay, Bobo okay. came up with the idea for this. Yes. So, Sebastian, it's your turn to come up with the next the next draft. Or anybody else out there on Mastodon, it's your turn to come up with the next draft that we do in our probably limited time in Mexico City. Well, um, just got it extended. Well, it, well, for you. Yeah. I, that would be funny is if I end up if, leaving if you, before if yeah, I end up that, leaving before that would you do. Be funny. Yes. That'd be hilarious. Um, also if anybody is coming to visit Mexico City do this it now. year. Well no well <laughs> No, I was gonna say that I know of a really great apartment <laughs> that you guys can stay at. Okay. I mean that that or I, I guarantee you I, I patched up all the cracks in the walls today. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best marketing pitch for the for an apartment. I, I patched well, all the I cracks think, in the I walls. Think, I thought that after the the earthquake, all the the uh, new buildings they should put a sign on there, earthquake proof. You know, as you know, as proven on September 19th, because that building did not go down. It doesn't have any cracks. I think that's yeah. I mean, it's it's a thing. It is a thing. Uh, anyway, so what's what, the draft? You 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 describe it. I've been talking too much. Boba asked for what the fuck moments in Mexico. What the fuck moments? And I have some amazing. I'm I, okay. I, think I know I Bobo too. says that we both win this draft. Ah, yeah. But all right, so it's, it's all you. Go for it. Me again? No, yeah, I'm I'm start. always drafting first. So you have to go. You have to go first. Come on. Okay. I have a long list. I, I have I have long stories. <laughs> so this was this was after a networking event, and somehow I ended up babysitting this incredibly obnoxious, incredibly drunk guy, as as I often do. But I, it doesn't matter where I am, if if I'm at at the Congress, if I'm at DefCon, if I'm at. Um, if I'm in a random New York hacker space that I've never been in before, wherever I am, people are like, hey, hey, Nick, can you go Can you go take care of that guy? So I'm taking care of this guy. And I'm trying to figure out where does this guy live? I've already picked his pocket. He has no identification that says where he lives in Mexico City. And I, he has no keys on him either, which is not incredibly uncommon if you're an alcoholic in Mexico City. Uh-huh. Because what will happen is... I mean, the, the standard alcoholic thing to do among the rich is you have, you know, your address and, a, and don't carry around a tremendous amount of cash in your wallet. Mm-hmm. If, if, it, if you're obviously an upper class person in Mexico, you know, you could flag down, I mean, as, as unsafe as this is, flag down a cab. You know, if you're not, if you don't have the wherewithal to find an Uber. And then the cabbie will take, or the cabbie or the person from the club or somebody will take you to your house and basically drop you off with the doorman. Mm-hmm. And the doorman knows where you live and the doorman yeah. will have your keys and the yeah. doorman will yeah. get you in bed safely and everything will, will be nice and, and happy and friendly. And so I'm trying to figure out, I really love this song, I'm trying to figure out where this guy lives and he's, he's not giving me any information at all. 
And so I f- I'm like, oh, man. Um, and I'm taking care of him, and he's like, hey, yeah, let, let's go to the after party. And so we go to the after party for this networking event. That dies out relatively quickly because I think it was a weeknight. And he's like, oh, I still want to party. I still want to party. I still want to party. And so he's with another person who's kind of humoring him. And she's looking at me being like, if he gets really weird or creepy, you'll handle it, right? And I, I, I'm like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. And so we, we, I think we end up going to two other known after places. And finally, we're in a cab, and we've somehow picked up the rest of the crew, and everybody wants to go to another party. So I talk to the cab driver. I'm like, so... Do you know of any good after parties? And like, yeah, yeah, I know of good ones. Like, we're not going to the strip club. <laughs> and he's like, oh, what do you mean we're not going to the strip club? And I said, no, because that's where most cabbies take you for the uh-huh. after parties. They take uh-huh. you to the strip club. And I'm like, no, we're not going to the strip club. He's like, okay, well, I know of this one party, but it's a little weird. And so, and I'm like, where is it? It's on Insurgentes and I won't give the cross street, but it's on Insurgentes and a cross street. And I tell him, that's an office building. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's an office building. So I'm like, all right. So on the way to the party, everybody else except for me and the drunk guy ends up just hopping out of the cab and going back to their houses. Because they're like, oh, I don't want to go that far away from Polanco, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I, it's me and the drunk guy. Who and we're going to the party. Well, the drunk guy has already paid for the sort of invite or information to go to this one other party. <laughs> and there's, there's, other, there's other business that he's arranged in the middle of all of this. And I'm like, oh, God. So, so we end up going into this office building. And, you know, we go down to the parking garage. We go down three levels. And then right by the elevator lobby, there are two bouncers in tuxedos and I think okay this is kind of weird <laughs> and so this guy who had something like an ins- he had an insane amount of money in his wallet he had 40,000 pesos something like that and he's just paying for everything right and left and, and I admit there was a certain curiosity I wanted, I wanted to see where this goes yeah. so he pays for both of us we go into the elevator and take the elevator up but I'm thinking okay there's probably a condominium or something that we're going... You know, a lot of these office buildings have condominiums in the tube. No. It's a straight-up office. The elevator doors open. And we see... And I see this boardroom encased in glass. You know, that, that you, you've seen these in offices where they'll have, like, a big boardroom. Yeah. And one side will be a wall and the other side will be glass. Yeah. And then it has curtains or something. And one of the biggest orgies that I've ever seen in my life is happening on that boardroom table. And I look at this, and that's when my my fight-or-flight response takes off. That's when I'm like, I I think I should just leave this guy here and just just go. Just just leave. But I, I, I stick with him. And so he finds... And I'm just basically tagging along, making sure that he doesn't hurt himself or others. 
and of course, he immediately finds the people who are doing copious amounts of cocaine. Now, the weird thing is, I mean, cocaine is, I, I would say that in, in certain scenes, it's relatively, I don't want to say common, but it's not that unheard of in yeah. New York. In Mexico City, it's very taboo. Mm-hmm. among all of the upper classes because of all of the violence. Yeah. I, I mean, this is the first time that I had seen cocaine in Mexico, and I'd been hanging around many, many different scenes. You know, this is, it's, it, harder drugs are, are very frowned upon, whereas I think in other places they might be overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently this, this was one of those kind of parties where... There were no taboos. And before I know it, they've cleared off half of the boardroom table. And my, the person who I'm kind of, you know, who I'm wingmanning for, has decided that he's going to race a line with somebody else. And so they set up a really long line down this board. And he, that was the fastest that I had ever seen anybody do that much cook and I was I'm how I was looking at him like how are you alive how are you, how how is that even possible like what's the what's the trick here because you've you've done a meter long line of blow how did you like, I mean the other guy gave up after I think what 10 centimeters like a standard and he he powered through the whole thing and it was very clear that it affected him right away because he got incredibly violent not not in terms of hitting people, but in terms of just making sure that he had a very wide radius around him. And so then, of course, the armed security guards show up. And they, and so he gets, and he pulls out his belt. I don't know what it is. He pulls out his belt and he starts trying to whip the guys with. <laughs> The guns and, I, and I'm saying you don't bring a belt to a night to, to a gunfight. What are you doing, man? Like I, I'm tr- and I'm really trying to calm him down and get him out of here, get him out of the situation too. So I don't I don't know what happened, but shots. Sh- somebody just starts firing, and it's just I I you you you're in one of these situations where i have no idea how this did not end up on the news by the way i looked for this the next day i don't know how you how you managed to clean up an office building like an like an actual office suite from gunshot ones no, but nobody hears anything no there's no news of it at all in mexico and so that's that's the point where i'm i somehow manage to Winding through the rest of this office, the rest of this cube farm, dodging these security guys, find an emergency exit, drop down three other floors, find the first open door, which opens up into an, a, an elevator lobby, take the elevator lobby back to what I think is the Planta Vaca, but is really, for some reason, is programmed to go down to the uh, parking garage where the cab driver is just sitting there waiting with other cab drivers being like, Oh hey, what's what's going on with you guys? And I, I and I'm I have this look of panic on his face, like, we gotta go now. Like now. So I and the weird thing was is that he's start he's not the, the, the government is not looking good, but he also has this tendency to just out of nowhere come alive again. 
And so I say, you know, I just threw him in the trunk. I just threw him in the trunk of the car. <laughs> and I knew this man. I, I knew that he was not in. I, I knew that he was not doing well. And I was like, we need to take this guy to a hospital. Mm-hmm. So long story short, we end up. I mean, and the cab driver is looking at me, going like, no problem. But driving and driving in. A little bit more insane than usual, but this is three, four o'clock in the morning. So there's not a lot of traffic. There's like pockets of traffic. We drive, and he's making calls, and he's calling some people, and he's saying like, yeah, basically saying he's got somebody who's very, very much not in a good way. We go to the hospital. We basically drive up into the hospital. He pops the trunk. They pull him out of the. Ca- they pull him out of the boot throw him on the stretcher and he goes in and he looks over at me and he says in English the first time that he's spoken in English this is where you this is where your fare ends I'm like I'm cool with that I got out and I walked home (laughs) there's there's actually more there's more things that that were WTF with that story but I, I I cut those out um if we treat this as a draft, and I was always keen on knowing who won a draft, I'm conceding right now. That's <laughs> not that's not even my most WTF story. I, I just want to start I'm not, strong. All I have is very mundane stuff. <laughs> Every day. Go for it. Go for it. Come on. You, you got to go for it. <laughs> I, I, I'm going I'm to follow this with, with something very, very stu- um, light and fun. Um, we were we took a road trip. I think it was a two-week road trip um, through Oaxaca and Chiapas. And then on the last day, we tried to go from Palenque to Mexico City in one day because I had misread the map or in the distances. This has nothing to do with the story, but we ended up staying in Puebla uh, for the night because there was a hailstorm thunderstorm, hail, rain so we stayed in Puebla on the way from Puebla to here you go down basically go up the mountains and then go down into the valley of Mexico and suddenly next to us was a horse so that is a freeway three lane or six lane however you want to count it freeway and next to us was a horse the horse was not running it was in a trailer of a car but not like in Germany, all the German listeners know how horse trailers look. Yeah, no, the they same. They are covered. Yeah. They have a roof. They just you don't see the horse. The horses are on from an angle. The back. And, yeah. No, it was a trailer, and then there was this horse, and the horse was really enjoying the wind because you could basically see half the horse, and on the freeway. So the horse could have galloped out of this trailer whenever you want. No, not exactly. I, I, I have a picture. I'll put the picture in the show okay. notes. You'll see. Um, that was just fun, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah, that that maybe could have been uh, one of the only in Mexico picks that we did earlier. Did I tell you about the Cartucho story? Yes. I did? Did I just... Did, wait, were you, uh, did I tell for, that on, on the podcast? Yes, you did. I did on the but podcast. But not, not in detail. You didn't... You didn't uh, Okay, so I did. talk on the podcast about how you found the.
and I hold up my plumbing valve. <laughs> and he looks at me, and I look at him. And the first thing that flashed, actually, I don't remember if it was the first thing, but the first thing that flashed in his face is like, oh, I'm really sorry about this. Like, there was clearly a language barrier misunderstanding here. And I'm like, yeah, and then the next looks like, It's like the look and he's like, you're not going to tell anybody about this place, are you? And I'm like, I, I don't know you. I don't know where you are. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um. And so then he takes me up and he walks me over to the exact puesto. And he has the exact, he walks me over to the yeah. guy that has so, the exact so part. I buy it the and then I go home. you. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> after all of this. Yeah. And, I, and that's, that's my, that's my number the, the, that's my second draft pick. I, I, I don't know if that one's more WTF than the first one, but... All right. I did. So now, now you're number two. This is... Now this sounds almost mundane. And it's very common, actually. Um, but if you see it for the first time, then you really... Yeah, then your thought is, what the fuck? Um, just imagine yourself on the freeway or the German Autobahn and then you see someone who obviously missed the exit but instead of keeping on the freeway and keep going he puts in the reverse and goes backwards on the freeway so he can get into the exit I, we've seen this many, many times. Now, a variation this happens of this, in Germany? No, no, this does not happen in Germany. Oh, okay, all right. This happens here. Oh, yeah, no, that's a common thing. Yes, no, yeah, that's the not... variation of that is if, if uh, the roads are built in a way that, well, if you just go backwards on this small road, on this exit for 30 meters, then you get to the freeway much more quickly than keep going in the in the traffic jam for another 300 meters so then you go backwards in the um we've done that but only while riding the cab not while driving ourselves obviously and that is first time you see that that's strange but it's, it's not yeah I have to preface this next draft pick of mine, which is also automobile-related. Uh-huh. Have I talked about the combis? Oh, I a lot of automobile-related have, have I talked about combis in the Estado de Mexico? Sure. Think, no, you you have not. Did, did, I, about did I talk about the one time that I almost got mugged in Mexico? You, you've talked about the one time where you basically just hung on to the outside of a combi to get to some family party. Oh, no, that's a, that's a becero. You, you can't hang on the on the side of a combi. You can hang on the side of a pesero, but you can't hang on the side of a combi because they're, they're just minivans. There's nowhere to hang on to. But the but a pesero will have a back door that you can hold on to, and that's that's not. So I'm I'm in this combi, and combis in Estado de Mexico will get robbed. Basically, somebody will get it's yeah. it's basically a minivan. It's smaller than a Sprinter. Okay. But yeah. it's the same concept. Yeah. That they have a side opening door and and people get in, people get out, and there's a there's a little rope that the driver uses to close mm-hmm. the door. And so occasionally somebody will get in and he'll flash a gun or he'll flash a knife and he'll be okay. Everybody, yeah. you know, this is a robbery. Give me your stuff. This also stuff. happens in the city, maybe not that often, but it does happen. 
Very, we've, we've heard many stories about Conscripto, for example. That's where everybody from work goes, okay. uh, from from school goes back to the city. Okay, it's it's common, but probably not as common as in Estado de Mexico. No, no, and so. And I would, I'm going to preface this story by saying never, ever, 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 ever do this. What you did? Yeah. Okay. Keep going. And that I, I've, I've been kind of depressed. I've been feeling a little low the times in Mexico City. So the guy, and so everybody's not... Everybody's pulling out their wallets and their cell phones... In a, with a kind of resignation that makes it seem like everybody's been through this before. Yeah. And that they just want to get through it. They're not shocked with it. And I'm looking at the guy, and he's, he's coming to me, and he's, you know, pointing, he's putting the gun in my face. You know, very threatening. I notice, it's a revolver. And I notice there aren't any bullets in the chambers that you can see. So I grabbed the barrel. I try to quickly throw my pinky into the tri- behind the trigger yeah. mechanism while I'm grabbing the barrel. Bring it to my forehead. And I tell the guy, are you really going to kill me for 20 pesos? Expletive. It was one of those moments that probably was no more than four or five seconds, but it felt like three or four minutes. And this guy's looking at me. He's heard my accent. He sees what I look like. He's not seeing any fear in my eyes. He's seeing insanity because this is an insane thing to do. Yes. The combi rolls to a like gets to a stop sign or a stoplight or something. He lets go of the gun and runs. And I'm still I'm still holding it in my hand to my forehead. The driver closes the door, they zoom off. At the next stop, everybody gets off. Mm-hmm. And I have the combi pretty much to myself for the rest of the trip, along with this firearm that I'm like, what am I going to do with it? At so least was that, you was know. Was that my second or third draft pick? I think that, that was, was the third. third. Okay, all right. And at least you know how insane that was. And how lucky you are to be alive. And I mean that... Literally. I don't know how... Here's the thing. I have this very funny tendency to tempt fate. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, you know... Like, I've, I've already cheated the one way that I really wanted to die. I'm like... I've had a very good life. I've done everything I wanted to with my life. If I get hit, if I get run over by a metrobus on my way home, I'll be like, I had a good life. But yeah, you're right. Never do what I did. That's the dumbest thing you possibly could have done in that situation. Never, that, ever. Yeah. Don't do anything. 
Just, just give them your wallet and your cell phone. Put us down. I've told you that story, haven't I? No. Okay. No. You've actually uh, told me very few stories outside of our podcast. A few, but not very many. Gracias. Now the car story. Um, it was also during my first year working at the school. One day I went home in a taxi cab with a colleague. And there's usually in the afternoon, there's, there's always traffic. And I'm, I'm always surprised how, about how, or maybe I just don't see that many accidents. Um, and also, I, I don't think many accidents are very serious because nobody goes very fast when there's traffic because you can't. Um, so we're, we're in the uh, taxi and then it goes from, I guess, there's two uh, streets converge and then basically goes from four lanes to two. And this taxi driver just speeds up and basically drives off takes out the review mirror of the next car and that car had something he was some uh, kind of handyman he had some pipes on the, on the roof and the taxi driver just does that the, the review mirror is, is uh, down on the street and he doesn't do anything the other driver he is furious obviously he, he complains and the, and the taxi driver just says huh whatever then this construction worker he tries afterwards he tries to drive off you know to, to get to drive off the our review mirror on the right side of our car later he tries he doesn't get it he's not uh, and furiously and, and our taxi driver just says yeah okay whatever fuck off totally calm totally he didn't do anything wrong He was, he was absolutely convinced that he didn't do anything wrong. He just kept going. The other guy tried to, didn't hit the car, I guess. It was, but he tried to. And we just keep going and eventually we, we lose him. That's it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know if I should keep going with my stories because there's none of, there, none of these are, I'm trying to think of one that's happy. <laughs> Like a happy WTF oh, moment? But I have to tell I, a story I because I have never told this story to anyone. Um, right. it, it's not a Mexico story. It's a German story, but it also involves a car chase. I was Those things happen in Germany <laughs> when I'm not involved? I know it was 2003. I was coming back. I had taken a bike trip with my father through uh, East Prussia, Poland. And I came back the, the, uh, along the uh, coast of the Baltic Sea. And I was already in Germany, and some of, so the, the bike path was on the left side, you know, uh, of the of the road it was outside of. It. I mean, it was in in Mecklenburg-Vorpommern. There's nothing there. Uh, from time to time, there are villages, but most of the time, there's nothing. So, and somehow, uh, a few hundred meters before the village, I I didn't want to go uphill on the bike path, but I wanted to go on the on the road. So I went from the bypath over the road to the other side and there was another car it was a car coming from that village towards me 
and I didn't, I mean, next thing I know is I was cycling just slowly, huh? and he stopped, he, he made a full stop, stopped next to me, but it was not like it was close, it was anywhere uh, close, And but he was totally shocked, he definitely sped, he, he was speeding, uh, coming out of that little village, I know, and I was just cycling, happy, by myself, and he was he was absolutely shocked. Now, the next two hours, seriously, he kept ch chasing me. He kept passing me in both directions. He never stopped. And then one time he he was on his phone and uh, showing me that he was calling the police. I one time I stopped to talk to him and he, but he didn't stop. He, he you know he didn't want to talk to me. That that kept going for two hours until one time there was actually a police car coming uh, the other way and after that so I passed that police car and after that I didn't see him again but yeah he spent two hours stalking trying me? to stalking me trying to intimidate me I do have to use this opportunity to give a shout out to the Mecklenburgers and their amazing food The, Me the Mecklenburger Kitchen, who does the Angel Kitchen for uh, the Congresses and Chaos Events, and they oh, were okay. at Shaw, and they were amazing. Okay. The Mecklenburgers, and I got to cook with the Mecklenburgers, and that was, I think, one of my favorite experiences, is just okay. just chopping vegetables for them. They're just like, <laughs> chop, chop me some vegetables, and I was like, I'm, I'm happy to chop you all the vegetables you want, and then clean up. And Oh, I was running the dishwasher for a day and a half. Well, not running it, but helping the guy who was more, more like unloading it. It was one of their crew that was loading it up, and I was just unloading it. That was fun. See, I don't really want to talk about the earthquake right now, but that's where most of my WTF stories come from. Should we leave it at that? Three apiece? No. Really? Yeah. You're gonna force give us some light ones, some some fun ones, some you know like. I'm not a light fun person. I know. I don't think any. How do you know I'm not a light, fun person? Well, Here I am being like, providing comic to relief to your podcast, and I'm not a light, fun person. Catherine always asks why you're though, uh, so grumpy and angry and never laughing. What do you never laugh? On, on the podcast? No, she, no, no, not on the podcast. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, she thinks I'm grumpy in real life? Yeah. We haven't spent that much time together in real life. No. I'm But she's like, never. She's now. She she asks why you never laugh. Now, uh, what would what, I laugh? I mean, when she tells a funny joke, I'll laugh. Why does she <laughs> listen to the podcast? No, she does not. Why? Because she doesn't like podcasts. She's like. I mean, she doesn't I have time for I, that. I, I know we have one listener who is not a cis male. There's not a cis white male. Hi, Ivory. I hope I'm. Why? I, 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 maybe I, I just need to throw this one out to Ivory. It's like Ivory. Why do? Is it? Is it just that all podcasts are a form of mansplaining? Is that what it is? I don't know. I. What are my light funds? I love Mexico. Mexico's a great place. I mean. I, I can't really you know, when I when you say a, a WTF moment is that where I'm supposed to say about how I always feel at one in the world when I've swam out 
into the Pacific Ocean to the point where I don't know, where I can't see the shore. You did that? No. It's not that hard to go out to the point where you, I mean, it, with the waves. Uh, with, with the waves. The waves yeah. With the waves. I mean, you you can always tell kind of where the shore, I mean, you know where the shore is just by looking down and, um, and obviously the, the direction of the waves will tell you where the shore is. And then when you're, when you're less than... Um, but didn't go all Gattaker and swim out until you couldn't anymore. No, I mean, I always could swim back. I mean, and, and that's the thing. In the ocean, you can... If you know how to just float in the ocean, you can float in the ocean until you're ready to go back. If you're totally exhausted, you just float there. I mean, the worst that's going to happen to you is a sunburn. And then... I mean, it's it's also not that hard to navigate, knowing where the, uh, you know, with the slope of it, and with the if you go out when the tide is going out and come back when the tide is coming in, you're fine. But that's that's one of my favorite things to do is to just swim until. And and, and I'm not swimming at breakneck speed. It's a very leisurely sort of swimming against the waves and then coming back and swimming with the waves and it's a, it's a thing that I I enjoy that I really need to, get, to go back out there and do I need to spend some time just yeah do you want to tell more stories or should I just put out some short anecdotes that I you know I would see tell. all the rest of my stories I, I feel like I'm painting Mexico in a very unfair light I'm a very odd duck. I think that's been clearly established. If not in this podcast, then at least in all of the others combined. And that my experiences are very atypical. Yeah. And that this, the, the I, and I don't want to, I don't want to speak ill of Mexico. I think, And, and I, I want, I wish I could think of a WTF story that did not, that does not reflect incredibly poorly on me and Mexico at the same time. <laughs> I, and, and, and I can't think of one. There, there's the stories from the earthquake, which I think are just, which are a little bit too, too recent. And then that's the thing is that at this point, they're just kind of, at this point in my draft, they're kind of, the closest one I can think of is when we, when I was in San Gregorio, mm -hmm. and I, I think I mentioned this, mm -hmm. and we stumbled across this archaeological museum that had just collapsed, and there were actual archaeologists there that did not know how to unearth artifacts from a collapsed building. <laughs> <laughs> and it just so happened that... That, that me and a couple that me and one guy from my brigade there were a couple it was just me and Anarcos uh, and that we were looking at each other and we were saying like, well yeah we've been you know we've been lifting six stories of rubble <laughs> off a building in town of two we know exactly how to do this without damaging stuff and we know I mean we had a much better feel for yeah. what you could remove where at what time without things shifting or or working on and so we We started teaching them how to, you know, remove this rubble and to get this stuff out of the way. And when they actually had to start taking out serious parts of the of the structure that were left, because what happened? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird physics that happen 
in a collapsed structure that, you know, mountains of rubble might be holding up a part of the, what used to be the actual weight-bearing parts of the structure yeah. before. And so if we were just, you know, teaching the archaeologists all these things and then, you know, intentionally doing something wrong to show them what would happen or to... And that's... I, I'm not exactly... It's not exactly a WTF story, but... Uh, I'll, I'll let that... And then, and then we... You know, what was supposed to be a tour to see what we could help rebuild ended up being spending the day with that professor and the archaeologists unearthing a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what this says about anyone. I was coming back from Germany. I was going through Cancun. So I actually arrived in Cancun at night and then the next day I back to the airport to go to Mexico City. And somehow for this national flight they also checked all the luggage that's usually not checked, so the, the customs, they checked it, whatever. And they, in my, uh, I was coming back and I brought my happy pills, uh, my stash of, of antidepressants. And Your prescribed that, antidepressants. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so they, they wanted to see that. They, they uh, put it through the, through the x-ray and then they saw the pills and they wanted to know what it is. And I think I, I convinced them of, no, well, it took a while. It took probably 10 minutes. And then they, they, they had to get their boss to, and to, 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 to trying to explain that it's for me and it's for my head and it's all mine. And then he came and he actually, he asked me in all, this is all in Spanish. It's fine. Are you bipolar? And that was a moment when okay, she said, no, no, I'm not. It's just, you know, solo depresiones, whatever. I don't even know if that's a correct word. I, I, I'm, I guess so. And it was... Not, it's not, did, not exactly, but they, they get the gist. They, they get it. They get it. And uh, yeah. so I was, I was actually caught smuggling drugs into the country no I was not I was not smuggling I don't know they didn't know what they, it was they are they, they are strangely, weird questions they are strangely preoccupied with prescription medication yeah that's the okay I, I have to I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the I'm gonna cap off the WTF draft pick uh-huh. not with my most epic Mexico story which we have to save for another podcast I'm, I'm just gonna tell you if I I It, it involves like half a million pesos, half a million pesos, a pistol and a safe, the Mexican Marines and every Mexican law enforcement agency that works inside Mexico City. But have I told that story on the podcast? I don't know if you told it on the podcast or just to me or I parts tell, of I it I, or I told to you, Paul. Yeah. Or I, I don't know. But I'm going to end this all by saying that, alluding to the beach... Where's the yawn button on this thing? Uh, one of the reasons I like Mexico City so much is because it, in terms of a daily existence, it's very, it's very calm. Mm-hmm. It has the activity of a city, but but none of the none of the offensive intensity of a Berlin or of a New York mm-hmm. or of a time that there's 
nobody is looking for an excuse to be angry about something. They're looking for an excuse to forgive you for the things about you that might anger them. Mm -hmm. That that's just the approach to life here. Sure. And it's, it, and it, even for me, that's a very WTF kind of <laughs> thing. Like, wait, really? It's not, I'm still constantly surprised by how laid back and easygoing people are without being total flakes. Yeah. There's a lot of easy, there's a lot of people that you might think of as easygoing or laid back, they're, but they're just flakes. I'm not saying I'm not a flake. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty flaky person when it comes to personal relationships. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if you've picked up on that in just the time that we've been here, but... And I don't, I don't, I, I know I got to go back and I got to work and I got to save up. And this is, this is just an academic vacation for me in a lot of ways. I can't say it's, I mean, I, I, I finished my Spanish classes. I'm all graduated from the Centro de Enseñanza para Extranjeros. You know, I got out with a C1 comprehension mm-hmm. evaluation which I don't know how I pulled that off but I mean I understood every I understood all of the lectures and all the questions in the test and it wasn't an issue for me and they and I knew where they were going to throw pe- I knew where they were trying to throw people off like I could see in the questions yeah. you know where they would use and you know as opposed to the first time I took the test where I'd be like oh okay well I heard that word in there so that must be the right answer it's like no it's never the right answer the, the word that you hear <laughs> It's never the right answer. <laughs> I mean, maybe sometimes it is, but in these tests, they, they, they aren't. And I knew exactly what the answer was, that the right answer was very apparent to me. And I think from, based on my score, I must have missed something like two or three questions out of a 60-question exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, no, like, I, I think my... This particular era here is coming to a close but and and your era is coming to a close in a much more permanent way yeah soon hopefully soon soon we don't know working on it somebody hire Florian please get get Florian a job yes please what, what are you good at what do you want to do I've done web development for a while now without ever really programming stuff and about two two and a half years ago I started looking at Python and Django and other um, Python-related web frameworks. And that's what I've been doing for the past two years, basically. And I'm definitely more of the backend guy. I know some CSS, but I don't want to do it. Just not fun. But uh, definitely... Oh, CSS is a ton. There are so many awesome things you can do with CSS now. Probably. Like, so much... There's so many... Ridiculously, amazingly cool things you can do with CSS that's that that, that go way beyond the, the blinking the blinking lights of the you know those those camera things or whatever. Yeah, sure. yeah, I have I, I put it into the show notes last week. I wrote a blog post actually almost two months ago about what I'm looking for um, and what I can do, what I've done in the past. I think I can do a lot more than just developing stuff um, in terms of project management, maybe uh, d- product development, uh, getting lo- along with people and figuring out how we do stuff, figuring out what the problem is and finding a solution to that problem, and then uh, figure out how to best uh, build that solution. 
Um, I'm still looking. We'll see. So, was, was that your last sort of draft pick? Or did we? Did you just? We could just. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about the time. Okay, I, or I'm giving previews. This is this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not going to. By saying I'm not going to talk about the time that I blocked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the time that I almost threw a fireman off the roof. Um, I'm not going to talk about the time that I got deported, but not banned. That's the funny yeah. thing is that everything that is usually one thing, like when you get deported from Germany, that pretty much means you're kind of. Yeah, you're, you're like you're yeah. not coming back. No. It's I mean it's of course, and and I, I I'm not going to talk about the time they got deported, but somehow not banned from Mexico, um, <laughs> because apparently that that's it, I, I'm going to talk about that one of these days. But when, when my when my attorneys say that it's safe to talk about it, I'll talk about it. Um, I, I'm I'm going to leave it with. How nice people are. That. How, ni how nice people are and how much I love it here and how much I'm going to miss it when I'm away. And how we should all just really try to be nicer to each other. Try to forgive people's faults because we are faulty ourselves. And for as much as I, I'm not sure my listeners would like me quoting prayer but that whole part in the in the big I don't know if it's a big Christian prayer but the big Catholic prayer where it says you know and and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us mm -hmm. it's a it's hard to do really forgiving somebody is especially and even for the little things You know, the little th the little things that anger you about other people are the ones that are, in truth, the hardest to forgive. Because you never wrestle with them like you do the big things. You know, the big things you have to come at peace with because they'll eat you. The little things that you live with are the ones that you really need to forgive with the ones that are hard. And you have to forgive those things in, in other people while not setting yourself up for further abuse, of course. And yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Not sure how to tie this one up no. with a pretty, the pretty little bells. Other, other than saying, why would you want to listen to a happy podcast? Why don't you listen to a grumpy guy, two grumpy dudes in Mexico talking about grumpy things? I'll throw in the the funny what the fuck moments in yeah. later episodes, not tonight. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm just just bringing everybody down with me. So you want to wrap up? Thank you, thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Toot at us. We'll, send, we'll us put, questions. send us questions. We like questions. How are we gonna, what are we going to do? Okay, tell us what we should do after we're no longer in Mexico. Yeah. That's the end? That's the end, I think. Why not? What's wrong with any of the... Uh,